Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome listeners to another episode of The Extra Inch. My name is Windy and I'm joined by my psychic and best friend Bardi. Hello Bardi. Good evening Christopher. And our tactics guy and my stats bomb, Nathan A. Clark. Hello Nathan. <laughs> I'm your stats bomb. You are. You are the bomb mate. Uh, we're going to talk about whether we can see a way, a world in which Tottenham are fixed. Um, which it sounds like it's going to be quite a morbid episode. But we're definitely going to have some upbeat content so don't switch off just yet. Uh, I see Bardi's already planned ahead and has got a happy ending to finish on, which is, it's which is my, always nice. So it's my favourite kind of evening. Yeah, <laughs> finish on a happy ending, yeah. Always good, mate, always good. Uh, okay, we'll start off with a question from Chris Harvey, who said, are we about to embark on years of mid-table obscurity where we flirt with relegation rather than Champions League qualification? Which is a, a very Spursy question, I think. I, I imagine that Chris Harvey, probably like me, who grew up in the 90s. Um, Buddy, what do you think? Yeah, it's a it's a fear, isn't it? That maybe it isn't this um, team that's kind of tapped out. Maybe it's maybe it's our club. Maybe maybe we're it's go, we're going back downhill, and we're, and we're going to find out who the real fans are, and <laughs> who the real bloggers and vloggers and podcasters are, and it will just kind of scrape away the the fat that's that's came back, and we'll come back in ten years lean and mean and ready for Champions League again or League Two or League Two, which would really kind of make us hard and lean. Imagine being in League Two with our new stadium. <laughs> that would be that would be epic. Sixty-two thousand people turning up every week to watch us <laughs> struggle against Bolton. I yeah. think someone would come and buy us. I think a Qatari would definitely come and buy. Um, if we were League Two with that stadium, we're definitely a prospect. Someone <laughs> would come in with one million pounds and buy us <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, we, or we would just become Tottenham Hotspur NFL because they seem to love it. They they get charged a load of money for beer and they pack out the stadium. They loved it. They were having the whale of a time. It looked like um hell of a lot of fun. It made me almost wish to like um, um gridiron. <laughs> Maybe that's the ultimate goal. The football club is a front for the football club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like the Sopranos, but with sport. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Are we about to embark on years of mid-table obscurity? Uh, probably not. I think 
Like, let's say things <laughs> that's a lot less optimistic than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but like, um, I wouldn't completely rule it out. <laughs> like, like, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say no, and then you know, five years down the line, that's haunting me forever. Um, if you like, if things are like really darkly as bad as they feel like they are, uh, we can sink back down to our level and we're still top six. Like, for as good as our, you know, our assets of Pochettino and Harry Kane are, um, underneath that, we've built a foundation and a bedrock that says we are so much bigger than the next best, than, you know, Everton or Leicester. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good answer. That's a miserable answer, actually, isn't it? It My God. Yeah, you're not making me feel much better, to be honest, Nate. Well, Um, aside from that, probably things will turn around. So I, I, I think where our squad building has been incredibly poor these past few years, our club building has been elite. And Daniel Levy is getting a lot of criticism at the moment, but should be praised for the position he's put our club in, which I personally think means that we won't be embarking on years of mid-table obscurity because the structures are there to allow us to spend some fucking money in the transfer windows going forward. Uh, I feel quite relaxed in in a kind of medium, short to medium term. Um, It's just this current period is just sticky as hell and feels horrible. And it's kind of the... um, it's the uncertainty, I think, that, that makes you feel the most uncomfortable as a football fan. We don't know what's going to happen with Pochettino. We don't know if the club or Pochettino are going to walk away. And we don't know what that might bring if that were to happen. And it's not a very nice feeling. You sort of feel a bit on edge about the whole thing. Um, we, we could be on the verge of losing one of our best managers of all time. And that's not great. It's not a nice feeling to uh, to have week to week to week. Particularly going into an international break where we could do with some certainty. Um, okay, so Natural Finish asked, will it be more prudent to make wholesale changes like Sanchez and Foyth at the back and blooding more youngsters, or do we stay the course with the current team? Bardi, we spoke about this a little bit last time out, but what do you think? Yeah, I'm fully on board this now. Um, really? I, yeah, I, 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 would, I would rather us lose trying to progress than um, keep, keep going with the same old faces and getting the same old results. I mean, I I would I wouldn't be against um, Sanchez and Foyth starting in, as centre backs because if that's the future and that's the way the club is going, then why not? We're not going to get any worse than what happened on on Saturday. So <laughs> I would be more forgiving for errors happening with these guys and Skip and everything else. We spoke a few weeks ago that if Spurs' run of form happened and we were trying to like. Um, implement five or six brand new players would be more forgiving and I think for sure the majority of people would be more forgiving if we were trying to progress the club and play with some kind of identity that's lacking at the moment Nathan um (laughs) I I think no probably not I I wouldn't say that there's absolutely no benefit in going down that road but I think like okay I'm dropping the I wrote an article recently on question two I wrote an article recently Hmm. and um I explained that I think that the the crux of our issue at the moment is that we are trying or at least we seem to be trying to return to playing a style of football that we did a couple of years ago that was really brilliant and successful but we either don't have the right players for that still having spent a fair amount in the summer um or that's just something that's going to take time for coaching reasons. And I, I, I don't think that our sort of young and hungry players are 
capable they could put in maybe better performances than we've seen in the last week and and we can raise the the floor a little bit that way but i don't think that a centre-back partnership of Sanchez and Foyth um, probably returns us to being very good again and allows us to play Pochettino football. So I think not just that, but also it wouldn't be great for Foyth's development to be playing alongside Sanchez. I think now is the time to start playing Foyth alongside Alderweireld and to allow him to come yeah. in alongside a very competent centre-back partner. Or, or Vertonghen, ro- rotate the two if necessary. Um, I, I don't think throwing them both in at once would necessarily be helpful to either of their development. Um, I think we can be stri- slightly strategic about this. And, you know, there are players that will be leaving. We know that. So Rose Norrier will likely be leaving in one of the next two windows. So I think it would be reasonable to stop playing both of those players immediately. And I don't think we'd see considerable drop-off if we were to do that. So Ben Davis has suffered with injury problems the past year, but we've seen Ben Davis have good spells at Spurs. He had a particular run of three months at the end of 2016-17 season where he was really, really good and he was attacking well and scoring goals and assisting. He was excellent during that period and there's no reason why Pochettino shouldn't be able to get him back to that. In the meantime, we've got Ryan Sessegnon coming in who we hope will be a long-term left-back solution. So bringing in those two for Rose, I don't think is a, a big risk. Likewise, Aurier has been pretty much a disaster except in like a handful of games since he arrived. So is there really a, a big drop off in playing, say, Walker Peters in at right back? I, I, again, I just don't th- I don't see that being too much of a risk. I think we need to forget Carl Walker Peters. If he's not playing when um, Aurier is suspended and we're putting Sissoko there, then he, he will never play. We, we spoke a few weeks ago about him getting a run in the team. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think his time is done and I don't think we should even consider him a squad option now. So, I mean, I, I completely agree with what you just said. And whoever advised Walker Peters to sign a new contract and stay at Spurs needs uh, sacking, basically. He needs to find better advisors because that was the worst career move. He's now wasted three years, basically, where he should have been playing mm-hmm. first team football somewhere. And, you know, it might be that he's not good enough for Spurs, but we've not really um, put the time in to find out. Uh, but yeah, anyone other than Aurier, then. Juan Foyth at right back. Um, yeah. Whoever, Tariq Hines, who's our, our backup right back in the under-23s. I just don't think the drop-off from Aurier, who's been at worst calamitous, to any new right-back would be that much of a problem. How about Musa Sissoko? What did you make of Sissoko playing right-back? I thought he was all right, I think, <laughs> compared to the other options that we've seen. And, mm. I, I, and I am prepared to be more patient with Walker Peters myself, but essentially compared to the other option that we're presented with, I much prefer Musa Sissoko. Not to say that Musa Sissoko <laughs> is a long-term option at right-back or the level of right-back that we should aspiring to sort of match the talents that we have elsewhere on the field. But like, he's not um, committing multiple red cards, so there's that. <laughs> and, and to be honest we're talking about three months here because we have to sign a right back in January <laughs> I think so so yeah, I, it's fine I, I, I like Carl Walker Peters when I said we should consider him done it's not me saying that he should be I just think the way Pochettino's handled him means that he is probably done I think he should be starting every single game because he's um, he is more than a competent right back yeah, um, Sissoko worries me a little bit. In the, there's a couple of things about his performances at right back, and you know the sample size is really small, and I don't want to be too harsh on a player who's playing out of position. But he gets very square on when he's one on one defending, which is uh, slightly concerning. That's a that's a basic that gets taught to defend defenders at a young age, and maybe that can be coached out of him quickly. 
Um, but he's also not quite sure where to position himself. In on that hand, on 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 that um, side of things, though, he has got such good pace that it almost doesn't matter in a way. It's a bit like the Kyle Walker conundrum. He could position himself wherever he wanted because he had the recovery pace to rectify that positioning. And I think there's a, a bit of that with Sissoko, so I'm not so worried about that. I, I feel like the the question we're asking here is uh, is can Musa Sissoko play right back? I think he always plays right back, huh. regardless of what position he's actually being placed in. <laughs> We just need to make those minor adjustments so he's actually used to playing right back as a right back as opposed to playing right back in midfield or on the wing. And without being cruel to Sissoko, it gets him out of the middle of midfield as well. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is legitimately, I think, a good thing. I have a, a question for Windy. Say, um, say Trippier had an awful time in the next couple of months and he was offered back to Spurs for £7 million. <laughs> would, would you take Trippier back, Chris? Would you, would you do it? No, because we need to be we we need to be go, we need to be moving beyond players of this ilk and players of this age. He's what about 20, a loan? Twenty nine short term loan just to get us through to the end of the year. Never go back. <laughs> Never go back. No, we we need to be signing a progressive, young, technically able right back who can carry the ball and push teams back on that flank. And it will make such a huge difference to our team when we when we have that player inside. It, it changes everything having competent right backs. You look at the way Liverpool play, and their midfield and attack have so much extra space purely because their fullbacks are so good. It really will. It will really help improve things. Um, so Nick Smentana says, "Who is the single most important player in the squad to help us turn around our form, both from a strategic and morale point of view?" Buddy, what do you think? Who's the who's the main man in this situation? I mean, the obvious answer is Kane, but I think I think maybe Kane or but Son isn't reliable. I think if Ericsson if Ericsson finds something inside of him, he can maybe change this. But I think probably it will probably be Delhi. I think we need Delhi back playing, and if he can form a partnership with um, Kane and Son, then then perhaps we can start springboarding from there. Nathan, what's your view? Uh, yeah, I go along the idea of like if we can get one of our current uh, seemingly disinterested players on board, so Ericsson or Vertonghen, um, you can get either of them sort of really buying into things and and showing an example of that on the pitch. I think that can really change the mood. So I, I like I like Ericsson as an answer to this, but I, I would go with Ndombele because I think he can the the upside of a, a in form and top class Ndombele will transform us generally. Yeah. Um, he was sort of showing signs of that as well before the these horrendous last few games. I well I thought he was he was really good against Bayern. I thought he was good against Southampton, and then the most recent game he was taken off at half time, and I don't think wrongly so. So that's it's really weird. I don't mm. understand. Mm. That's just the, the shape of our club at the moment. I guess exactly. Strange things are happening. Uh, how do I pronounce this next one? I don't want to Syracuse Spurs says we've only really seen one of our new players this season. Where or how do Cess and Lacelso fit into turning the ship around? So are we are we expecting both of these players to be available after the international break? <laughs> we don't. Know. Um, we don't know. They they haven't said. They haven't been clear. I think Lacelso's November and Cessignon is still unknown. So there's a little little bit of time before we expect to see them still. Um, yeah. And and I don't think we can expect too much from either for different reasons. So Cessignon, he's, he's actually this injury is really um, dragged out, hasn't it? It's uh, it's going to take him some time to get sharp again. And Lacelso is coming from a completely different style of football, and it's going to take him some time to adjust. He, he did look good in his early cameos, but it will take him a bit of time to settle. What do you think, Nathan? I think both of them 
Um, and we were seeing this already with Lo but both of them want to pick up minutes um, in the only area of the pitch where we're strong, which is in the forward roles, um, to adapt and get game time before they can be moved back to potentially being more useful where they're actually needed. So it's going to be sort of an awkward thing transitioning them in because, yeah, we, we want to get the match fit and we want to try them out. Cesson Young at left back and Lo in a, maybe a deeper midfield role and, and see what that does for us. Um, but also, yeah, both of them want to be work in attacking roles first. So, yeah, I think it will be complicated. I don't think they're gonna like this player's fit now and that solves a, hmm. something straight away. Yeah, and that's the that is the concern about the January transfer window as well. You know, Poch has been reticent to spend much in January previously, and part of that is because it takes some time to adjust to the systems that he's trying to implement. So to expect someone to come in and immediately hit the ground running is is probably unrealistic. I'm gonna I'm gonna wave a little flag here at this at this little theory of um, of Pochettino getting players running hit, to hit the ground. He's had Ndombele for the whole summer, man, and he looks miles off the pace. True. So mm-hmm. maybe if we get a player in from another club who's been running around, I mean, I, the thing is, I don't understand why um, Ndombele's taken off at half time. We're two 0 down to Brighton. If he's thinking long term, I know he wasn't great, but there was a lot of players who weren't great. Keep Ndombele on. He's got to finally adjust and acclimatize to this. And the only thing you can do is like, if you're if you're learning how to run, you just got to run. Just keep out there plodding, doing the kilometers. And I think he should have got the minutes. And I I don't think. And this is my problem with Pochettino. We're not learning anything by making the same changes, the same moves. Keep Ndombele on, and let's see. Regards to Lacelso, I think he'll I think he'll fit in quite well. The, from what I've seen of him, he's quite combative he gets around the pitch he's got a lovely little touch I think I'm not too worried about him taking time to acclimatise and Sessegnon you know he is a Premier League player yeah he did a season in the Premier League and I think he'll settle in quite nicely as well so the sooner they're both fit and available the better okay that's a nice optimistic take I'm I'm happy with that mm. um it, the counterpoint to Ndombele staying on I suppose is that we've seen lots of injuries occur when players are fatigued or or, or are asked to do extra work so perhaps they were cautious of the fact that He's new, he's still settling, he had some tough games previously, so maybe they were kind of resting him from a, a protective um, position. It's international week though now, so sure. it's not like we were going into a run of games. Let's talk a little bit about our formations. Uh, Zigzag73 says, why don't we just copy most sides in the league and play 4-3-3 if we can't get a formation that works at the moment? Nathan, what do you make of that theory? Uh, I'm not sure if I agree most sides in the, play, in the league play 4-3-3. Uh, so again, I wrote recently, and I I I I feel like um, I suspect that at the very least, Pochettino and the and the staff believe that we have to play a front two in order to prevent Harry Kane from re-injuring his ankle, um, and that really glues us to only a couple of formations. And we we've seen yes, lots of the diamond, which everyone hates, and we've also seen some sort of flatter four four two. Or, and also some sort of four two 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 variation on that, and and they all have their problems. Um, yeah, as long as it seems like Kane needs protecting physically, we're we're really kind of stuck. And I, and I think even when we have played four two three one a little, we see a lot of Kane playing as the number ten and and Son playing as the as the forward in those situations. Um, but even outside of just that specific issue, our general midfield issues and which players are fit and which players are in form and everything else is dictating the shapes that we play as well. I, I <laughs> before the Brighton game, 
I I posted up a lineup in the, the mindset of which was not a prediction, but a this is the lineup that I'd really like to see. This is what I think we need right now. Down to and then that's exactly the eleven that we played against Brighton, hmm. <clears throat> and we were terrible. We were a mess, and I think that again he made Bocchino made the right um, change of shape at half time to a back three because Brighton were playing a front two to give us that advantage at the back, both in and out of possession, and we continue to get played off the pitch. So I don't think there's like a simple not simple, but I don't think there's a tactical or a shape um based sort of decision that's an issue there. I, I don't think Pochino is getting anything wrong on that level. Um the issues run deeper than that. So I actually thought we got a lot better once we switched to the back three and we only con uh, I know it's bright we only conceded <laughs> one after that. <laughs> Woo! And we did look more solid. Um so let's talk about back three. Autonomous Coy says as Jan and Toby are looking like they got old overnight should we return to a three at the back with Foyth completing the trio? Bardi, you've always been a big fan of the back three. Is that something you would um, put faith in? Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't done this done this sooner. Um, I think I think Yang Vertonghen's I think Yang Vertonghen's kind of a little bit broken. His body position, the way he's moving, he's hunched over a lot of the time. He doesn't look the same kind of confident centre back he was. And I think definitely by playing a three, you you can protect them. Juve got a. Juve have had three slow centre-backs for a long time before the last couple of refreshes. And by playing the back three, you naturally protect them. But I, I think a lot of the reason why we're having issues with formations is we don't have, um, we don't have the full-backs or to play a uh, 3-5-2. And we don't have the midfielders to play a 4-3-3. So I do kind of appreciate that problem Pochettino's got at the moment. Uh, Italian football reference. <laughs> it has been, it's, been a, it's been a while, you know. I haven't it's mentioned it. It's literally not been a while. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, been, it's a, been week a while since since we last recorded. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think the back three is a good option for us at the moment. To be honest, like you say, it protects for Tongan. It gives opportunities for Foyth and potentially Sanchez and potentially even Tanganga to get some game time, which is no bad thing because we have to prepare for life after Toby and Yan, which is coming along pretty damn quickly in January. So it's no bad idea to switch to a back three. It potentially allows us to carry on playing two up front if if that's yep, what Pochettino yep. is insistent on. Although I personally would still prefer to see us go with one up front and if necessary, just ask Kane to do a little bit less work. Um, or, um, you know, not play him for 90 minutes of every match is another yeah, option. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Let's 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 vary that. Let's occasionally play Son up top or occasionally play Lucas up top or occasionally even play Troy Parrott up top. It's not essential that Kane plays every game and the whole of every game. I, I do agree with that, but I also think that like if Kane is missing out on games that we're losing Pochettino gets a lot more flack that way not that that's necessarily the best way to make your decisions based around how much like Twitter abuse you get um, <laughs> but <laughs> imagine that but um, yeah I, I, I don't think he needs to play every minute and I don't think that's you know if if I'm if I'm right and Kane's um, physical weaknesses are like having a significant impact on our ability to play the football we need to play then like we definitely need to be not glued to playing him every minute so so you're suggesting that perhaps we should sell Kane because he doesn't fit our system stylistically? That's not that... what I'm saying, Barney. Yeah, you know that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm going to edit this entire section now. No. Um... I'm saying that we should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no. 
But like we could begin to experiment with not playing Kane every minute, and then if his stock remains really high and a three hundred million pound bid comes in, it's mm. now not an instant turn your noses up situation. I agree. That's a sensible way of managing the situation. I think uh, Nathan, you're going to love this one. Uh, Mab- Mabazela Toda says Poch doesn't know how to manage a game, and his <laughs> tactics are invariably terrible. Mm. His results tend to come from momentum slash emotion, not logic. Hence, why he gets found out by bigger sides, and our record against the top six is poor. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, so my response to that is um, meet me outside the Beaverton Brewery after the Watford game. <laughs> <laughs> Bardi, are you sympathetic to that view at all? Um, I think we can safely say Babi Zayla Toto is proper potch out. Um, <laughs> and I can see, I can, there is some logic there. I can see why Pochettino's best results over the last um, nine months have been through chaos. We've spoken about that. So I can see why he's suggesting this and the fact that our best results have been so emotional. Um, Pochettino, for me, does need to start thinking about what kind of a manager he is again and picking his team according to that, according to his identity. So um, I, I disagree, but I also kind of go, hmm, yeah, I nod my head a little bit at some of those points. I think, um, it's very easy to forget the long periods of time where we've been really good under Pochettino when you're going through a bad patch like we are now. And there have been long periods where we have just been steamrollering teams that we would expect to beat and then not beating the top six sides. And that's not terrible. That's fine. Like you're going to finish in a top four if you beat the majority of teams and draw and lose against a few. That's acceptable. Like we don't have the resources to compete with Liverpool and Man City at this point. So we lose to them. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. What what, what what, do you want? Like, will you only be happy when your football club wins every game all the time? I I understand that, like... and it, Sorry, this isn't specifically about the person who asked this question, but generally mm. the attitude of, like, always find... And, and obviously right now we should be upset. I understand that as well. But, like, even when times are good, there are people who will find something to complain about. And it's just like, uh, what, what do you want? You know, so yeah. Thanks for your question, Mabuzela Toda. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I I liked your question, and although Nathan uh, metaphorically wiped his backside with it, uh, it clearly added a good discussion to the podcast. That's so true. We and it's a it. fair it's a fair comment to make as well. He's, he's he's more than allowed to make that comment. I think also it was perhaps a little tongue in cheek. So uh, oh, okay, okay, also, yeah. Okay. That's 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 my reading of it. <laughs> 
Um, we, st- we started touching on the Brighton game, but we didn't really go into much detail. So let's talk about it a, a little bit. Bardi, did you did you find this particular defeat harder to take than the Bayern Munich defeat? Uh, yeah, and I was at Bayern. I was um, I was in the south stand as the goals started getting pumped in, and um, I I just I didn't want to leave early because I wanted it's Champions League. I paid sixty five pounds for. It. I wanted to stay and watch all of it, but I started making my way. Uh, parallel across the south stand to meet up with a mate and uh, as each goal went in it got easier to make my way across the south <laughs> stand which which was which was a bonus but um, I thought that that was hard to take but I think Brighton everybody expected a reaction and a positive one but to get a reaction that was a negative even bigger negative was um, that was yeah that was hard to take it was so much like the Champions League final in the sense that like we barely got going and the game was over. Yeah. It, it was so weird. Um, the Larice mistake was obviously catastrophic, but uh, the injury was absolutely horrendous. Uh, I couldn't watch the replays. I'm not a squeamish person generally, but I spotted his arm the first time round in real time, and I literally just couldn't watch the replays because it was so such a terrible injury. And I am not convinced that he's going to come back from that in the same Ever. way. You don't well, think he'll ever play I, again? I, I think it will. I think it will impact him. Um, like psychologically, he, 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 yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be, have a psychological impact forever. He, you know, so much of goalkeeping is getting a strong arm to the ball and and forcing it over the bar or around the post. And I don't know. There's going to be a weakness there, both mentally and physically, and that's going to be tough for him to come back from. What What did you think of it, Nathan? And and how worried are you about Hugo's future? Uh, it's just another thing on top of all of the existing issues, isn't it? Um, yeah, the psychological aspects, yeah, because goalkeepers, like, essentially their job is to behave incredibly recklessly, recklessly, mm. and, like, throw themselves face first into several other men's studded boots and between two large metal posts. So, yeah, definitely I think that there's a, that's a potential thing. Um... <sighs> Uh, he, he hasn't been in like the the greatest form recently, but then I don't think like uh, Gazaniga's like incredible. Um, his his passing might do us a bit of favour. He has got improved feet, but yeah, it's, uh, at least it won't contribute to I believe our structural issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it. We might concede a couple more goals from shots, you know, whatever. Um, but it isn't like if, in my opinion, our only good midfielder and Dombele was to get a horrific injury, that would be like just cancel the club. Uh, I I sort of disagree, to be honest. I I feel like because he's captain. Is, I think this is the worst <laughs> the worst time for Hugo to get injured because um. So in terms of I like I, I agree that Gazanik is better with his feet. I think there's there's little doubt that that is the case. He just looks more comfortable on the ball and his passing is better. But at the moment we're going through a period where we don't really want to be playing out from the back too much because there's so many nerves anyway. And encouraging the opposition when they don't really need much encouragement seems like a bad idea. And I don't want a goalkeeper to be taking more risks. Coupled with the fact that Lloris is. Yes, he's error prone, but he is a fantastic shot stopper. And he will, I mean, he does save shots that other goalkeepers just can't. True. And if they're now going in, that is not going to help. <laughs> Basically, in a, in, a, in a sort of um, very simple sense. I, 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 I'm nervous. I'm very nervous about this spell without the race. Buddy, you're not, you're not Gazaniga's biggest fan, are you? No, this is terrible news, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was... Um... I was concerned about something happening to Larissa and us being left with Gazaniga. Now we've now 
Well, according to, according to Nathan, uh, according to you, I think we, he's our number one f- for the rest of life. But um, I don't, I don't trust Gazaniga. But uh, Loris has been making mistakes. But as Nathan said, if if God is going to give us one serious injury and all the squad are lined up, all the starting eleven are lined up, then you kind of would pick Loris. Just take, just take one for the team. It's like I mean, um, you definitely pick Aurier. No, I mean, but proper play. Have you seen Escape to Victory? You know where they need to get <laughs> St- they need Stallone to play in the, in the match, and they've got a really good goalkeeper, and they're like, but for the sake of the team, we need to injure you, and they break that goalkeeper's arm so Stallone can play in the final. I don't know. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Yeah. I remember it well. So yeah, so maybe it's just that we ha- we had to give we had to dish out one big injury, and Lloris was um, it was his it was his moment. But it's really sad because he's he is our captain. He's a great goalkeeper but yeah we'll, we'll be alright we'll be alright with Gazaniga as long as people don't shoot straight at him this or could be the, uh, the side it could be the birth of the Alfie Whiteman era at Spurs I think so could be <laughs> <laughs> is he any good I've never seen him play I, I, I would walk past him in Sainsbury's I have no idea what he looks like he uh so is he little is he bigger than 5'5 five five at least He's bigger than 5'5". Five five. So it's a classic situation with Spurs in that both Alfie Whiteman and Brandon Austin have been with the first team squad for the last two, two and a half, three years and not out on loan where they could have been getting games and we could have known a bit about them. It's it's Kyle Walker-Peters all over again. So there's that. Do you remember when uh, Michelle Vaughan was really good and then he came to Tottenham and stopped playing football and forgot how to handle the ball every time he played <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just looked up a picture of Alfie Whiteman. He looks, he looks like he looks like a Spanish goalkeeper. I, from just looking at his Wikipedia picture, I think he's going to be great. <laughs> Handsome man. He can he can catch for sure. It's a good name, and he's a Spurs fan, and he's been at the club yeah. for a while. So yeah, hopefully it won't get to that point where we we're reliant on Alfie Whiteman this season. How old is he? Like twenty. But for God's oh, sake, Spurs, okay. send your young players out on loan. I thought um, you were going to say 17, but it's 20, bloody hell. <sighs> so we played Eric Dyer as a defensive midfielder in this game, which is something that I was vindicating uh, beforehand. I think we all wanted to see Dyer get a go. Dyer has been out of the team for a long time due to his appendicitis and various other injuries. Uh, when he was in the team previously, he had a really rough patch of form. And we just kind of all expected him to come in and be good. And he didn't come in and be good. He was incredibly bad. Um, do we persist, Nathan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I give it a couple of uh, of goes. You know, give him a run of games, see if he can capture some kind of form. There is definitely that sort of like, um, oh, do you remember Eric Dyer nostalgia thing for like, but forgetting that he was actually quite bad for an extended period of time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I don't think we should give up on it after one game. Um, but it's not showing a huge amount of promise right now, is it? <laughs> uh, the ball literally just bounced off him several times. Uh, it, it was it was really cringeworthy watching him. Oh, it looked like if um, it, it looked like if one of us had just joined the, the starting eleven, and the ball was bouncing off his shins. I mean, come on, man! At least you might not be able to run and stuff, but you've forgotten how to trap the ball. So one thing I'd say is that he definitely looked a lot better once he dropped into defence. Yeah, and, and he, that that yeah. might be the way to play him back into some form. I I, I think Dyer should only ever play as a centre back. Now I was never fully convinced as for him as a defensive midfielder. Anyway, I think now is his time to go back as a defense, uh, as a centre back and go and play for someone like I don't know Hull or Burnley as a <laughs> centre back. 
where maybe Burnley would be quite good, where he doesn't have to play a high line, just needs to block long-range shots and get his head on things. I think he would be a cracking defender at Burnley, but not at Spurs. I mean, you, you're not going to be saying this after the mass exodus in the next two windows when Eric Dyer is the, the final international footballer left no. at our club uh, and he's club captain and our highest paid player. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I think we we need to we need to, we need a defensive midfielder, so we need to persevere with Dyer for a bit. But I want to see him eased back in at centre back for a couple of games before we risk playing in, in the middle of the park. I mean, we're playing Liverpool in a couple of games' time. Please don't let Eric Dyer start against Liverpool because that is going to be hellish to watch. Christ, they will <laughs> run him ragged. I have a funny feeling about the Liverpool game. What you, sp- a, a positive feeling? Yeah, I, I spoke about this on um, the Fighting Cock on Monday, and um, I don't know, I don't know why, but. In, we might go there and just something, something might just um, hit us. Like we might just get sparked by inf- in- inspiration and um, we might end Liverpool's winning streak. But I'm going to put, there's a, there's a caveat here. I think if Liverpool lose the game or draw the game before we play them, we're in all kinds of trouble because they're just, they're just going to go to town on us. But I, I have a funny feeling that perhaps, you know, we, you know, when the moment of darkness is the greatest, that a, a little match we just illuminate our whole team and perhaps that's what we need. We really need that, but we kind of thought that Southampton was that, <laughs> didn't we? Like, Yeah, it wasn't proper dark. <laughs> it wasn't dark enough. No, no. Okay, uh, Nathan, uh, question from NMAC. Can Nathan do an update on the 12-point transfer plan Spurs needed to complete to rebuild? So he's put needed to complete to rebuild. Uh, so he's sort of talking about what we should have done in the summer. But let's talk about this from a January perspective. What do you think are the bare minimum signings required for January to make us a viable Champions League contender? So I, I saw this question coming and I went and found the list that I wrote back in July. And I will read you the first four uh, entries which are under the high priority section which is sign to new contract or sell and replace Christian Eriksen sign hmm. to a new contract or sell and replace Toby Alderweireld sell and replace Serge Aurier and number four add one more to midfield or sell and replace Wanyama so the update is it's still largely valid it's it's the same stuff, and and we definitely did spend a lot of money in the summer, and 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 um, you know we can't spend the kind of money that that City and United and Chelsea and even Liverpool and Arsenal do, but um, we still left ourselves considerable gap, especially having not put onto new contracts existing players. Not to not to like take a shit on your insight because y- you know your I trust your judgment on all things Spurs. Uh, but that what you'd written there was not controversial in any way. They were things that a lot of people were saying, and I think the majority of Spurs fans would have agreed with those four points. And yet they didn't happen. So this is this is the thing we kind of got um, swept up with the signings of Ndombélé and Lacelso and the. Yeah. Potential signing of of Dibala because they were really exciting things and, and rightly so and Sessignon as well very exciting young signings there was a lot to be optimistic about but Pochettino did state that he wanted a painful rebuild and we did not get that painful rebuild I mean I was very very unhappy that so many players were left in the squad uh, that should have been moved on and weren't and I, I think it's very easy to blame Daniel Levy for that but I think Pochettino needs to take a share of the blame as well because he is the manager he's not the head coach he's the manager he is in charge of a squad if he said to Daniel Levy get Serge Aurier and Danny Rose 
out of my squad because they are going to disrupt things, then Daniel Levy would have sold them. I have absolutely no doubt about that. I, I strongly believe that he'd have taken a small hit if needed. Because what has happened now is that they are worth a lot less money than they would have been in the summer. They're six months, or they're going to be six months further into their contracts. And as we predicted, they have ended up not not shining and and actually worse than we could have predicted because they've actually actively unsettled the squad so it frustrates me that we knew what needed to be done and it wasn't done and yeah we we want someone to blame for that and i think a lot of fans have gone for daniel levy i i think it's somewhere between levy and pochettino myself um but it's frust- it's very frustrating it's very 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 frustrating um and now it just leaves us with a heck of a lot of work to do in january buddy what what are your priorities for january to get us into the champions league um right back another midfielder and and then just just a return to form for some of our players and also a return to form of our manager get him talking a bit better about about the team about about the project about the club everything else so our manager to get back on form uh, right back in a centre midfielder buddy if if we lose say our next two matches <laughs> do you pull the trigger do you get rid um no probably not i'd i'd give it a little i'd give it a little bit longer he's Pochettino has been fantastic and he he's I, what I'm scared of is what I'm scared of is that I'm I'm a little bit potch out because of but I don't want to be full potch out I don't want to become I don't I want Pochettino to fix this and us to be better and him to lead us into this new rebuild but I'm I'm scared about what can happen if it continues and continues to get bad I mean it's been bad and then it's got worse and now it's it's really bad. I mean, now we've got two weeks to sit and think about this until we play Watford. I, I, I just want him to become better, but I'm I'm scared that he doesn't. And the the Italian in me thinks to change a manager is what it's what every it's what every club in the world does now. These ten year managers don't exist, so firing your manager and starting again is it's not uncommon, and it doesn't kill teams. It, it's not going to destroy us. Perhaps it could even have a short term pick pick me up. Nathan, when you um, a couple of weeks back said that you would give it six weeks and then make a, a judgment call at that point, were you expecting us to have done quite as badly as we have in the interim, or did you just think like we'll largely be fine? Mm, I wasn't expecting the Brighton game really. Essentially, I think that that is like the like we said earlier, the Bayern game was really bad, um, but teams get thrashed by seven goals to Bayern all the time. The the Brighton game for me was like I said, Pochettino made all the right decisions and we got beat 3-0 by uh Brighton aren't actually that bad by the way they're good they're, 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 they're really decent, good but we still shouldn't be being beaten 3-0 mm. um so yeah things were even worse than I thought um six weeks yeah I mean six weeks was just sort of a, a, a general rule kind of thing like that's how how long you should be giving most situations um I I, I mean yeah things could get worse in that time period and maybe we just have to um to panic but uh, I I feel like we should give Poch, you know, a transfer window with backing, regard mm. almost almost regardless of whatever happens on the pitch before then. Okay, so I'm just looking at our fixtures between now and January. Oh God, this is gonna be pain. <laughs> I I think we've got like 15 games. Uh, one, two, three, four. So we've got 16 more matches before the transfer window opens. Jeez Christ. 
Exactly. So this is exactly where I was the other day um, after the Brighton match. So I I agree generally that Poch- the best the best outcome is we muddle through this period and we give Pochettino full backing and full trust to rectify the situation in January and he builds a fresh new young team and he goes again. That is like the best possible outcome right now. The worst possible outcome is we've got 16 games where the players are not currently responding to him, look like they are fed up of him. There are noises being made that are not great. He doesn't seem to know what the solutions are. He doesn't even have the solutions potentially in the squad. That That's dangerous. Like what, what, what? This could get a lot worse before it gets better. I I agree, and we we may well be in for a very miserable time. But I don't think that I I wouldn't gamble. I wouldn't bet on things getting better with someone else in charge. I think that there are big issues in the squads, and I don't think a change of manager. You know, we may still have those sixteen very painful games, and we've got rid of who I believe is maybe the best manager in the world, and then we're in an even worse situation. I don't know. I, I, yeah, like like we sort of I sort of said a second ago, like things could. Get even worse where it becomes unbearable uh, but uh, to an extent to a considerable extent i'm prepared to go through a miserable time for a while to think long term mm. yeah same and i think levy needs to be weighing this up very analytically he needs to be thinking of all possible permutations because to not do that would be risky in the extreme when you when, when there's so much at stake uh, financially and you know so the thing that concerns me the most is we cannot afford to shed our star players yeah and that's that's re- that's playing in the back of my mind like what happens if Kane leaves what happens if Son leaves what happens if Delhi leaves we we don't want like that is the thing we need to avoid and to avoid that we need to have uh, a squad that is somewhat together that all kind of get on well and enjoy going to work and who have ideally Champions League football but if not Europa League football I think we already don't have that what you think in terms of you think we've lost that already not to the extent that it's gone forever but we we don't have a we're lacking a togetherness in the squad yeah yeah um like, like we sort of said before like play decisions aren't like binary or down to a single issue it's like sun might not be like um putting in a transfer request sun might not be saying oh look at this club sun might not be looking at houses in germany but he might sort of think well if a bid came in i'd at least consider it at the moment that sort of thing. Mm. Oh, okay, Nath. Sorry, that, uh, that wasn't a that wasn't a helpful sort of happy no, ending, I, was it? I, I think you and I need to get lubed up and get ready for Buddy's happy ending. <laughs> Buddy, deliver it. Oh, okay, the happy ending. Things to be positive positive about. Hyung Min's son is still Hyung Min's son. That's a good one. We're about to embark into a brand new age, and new ages are always golden and great, industrial. We still have a great manager. We have a fantastic stadium, which I really love. Good beer in there as well. Apparently sausage rolls are good. Someone said that. And we ripped off a load of NFL fans, which is excellent. And we won't lose a football match this week. These are my reasons (laughs) to be cheerful. Thank you, followers of The Extra Inch, for those um, 
Those nice positive messages. Nice, excellent. Mm. Okay, well, uh, I'm I'm sure that's compensated for the rest of the abject misery throughout this past hour. Um, let's hope we're back with some some more positive thoughts next time we're together. Uh, in the meantime, is there anything you'd like to recommend either of you that you've enjoyed reading about Spurs this week? No, stop thinking about Tottenham at the moment. Do something else next Saturday. Uh, there are other sports. There are other forms of entertainment. There are friends you haven't seen in a while. Do something non. I'm going to do something non-football at 3 p.m. on Saturday. I recommend you do the same. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued that uh, at what you're doing at 3 p.m. next Saturday. No, I don't have a specific plan. I just oh, right, okay. I'll think of something <laughs> I, I, before then. Um, oh, actually, I might be out. Uh, whatever. I don't know. But but I'm, what I'm saying is, like, as someone who is clearly infatuated with Tottenham, um, who tweets about Tottenham every day, who has a Spurs podcast and everything else, um, I, I'm just saying, like, it's important to not be reliant on a football club for your happiness because um, that's not always going to do the trick. I'm, I'm disgusted that you don't like have a civil war reenactment or <laughs> an oh epic game of Warhammer uh, lined up for uh, three pm next I, Saturday. I think you'll find I don't play Warhammer. I play Dungeons and Dragons, mate. You've been listening to the Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Barney for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindner for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and SoundCloud D Lindner. Do check him out. He's great. great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help.